Welcome back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, which is sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more. Acres, solutions for every field. As we welcome you back to Sports Nightly, look who is in studio. Couldn't well, stay away. Damon Benning, our, our good friend Damon Benning. You made your way down and uh, you missed Cole too much. You had to come see, see Cole. That's what it is. I, I do like reminiscing with, with uh, old Coleo. He's hilarious. I asked him if he missed my sense of humor. He said yes, but I think he was just being nice. Well, that's just how Cole is. Like, he Easy breezy. Yeah, yeah. You call him Coleo. Yeah. I do because I don't know why. But his personality, he strikes me as a guy, and I don't know if this is healthy. I just know it's lower than mine. Like, his blood pressure's got to be, like, perfect. Like, 101 over, like, 77. He's probably, like, 44 beats a minute. Like, he's just... Well, that's what easy. you want in the heat of a, as a it, producer, it, right? It, it is. Or and a, I, a live game producer. And, and, like, you hear all the time with me and G Sharp just, like, manipulating minutes and time and breaks. It's like... It's way above my pay grade. You know, I, I've thought about this too. I mean, how many good conversations and interactions are not on the air, but in the commercial breaks? They're, they're you hilarious. Know, like, <laughs> they're... Probably wouldn't want to stream that live for people to hear, but it's pretty fascinating. It the, is. That's, the, what, that's, what I'm glad we, that's why I'm glad we get along. <laughs> all right. Well, Happy New Year. Have you a good too. Christmas, all of the above. Yeah, it was quiet. It was really quiet. A lot of um, sickness. Is in the air, so I stay. Mm -hmm. I, I, I stay out of the fray. At least I try to. Well, it has not been quiet this week here um, in the stadium, just because they've had some recruits in. We always joke they have the music blaring, all yeah. the highlights on all the video boards, the the stadiums lit up red, and all that good stuff. Um, you know, I guess when you're talking about bringing some of these guys in that they have this week, what are the priorities? What are they really hoping to maybe land in some of these guys? Yeah, I think for sure you're, you're looking at that wide receiver spot. You, you've, got a, you've got a tandem in, and, and um, you're just looking for maybe. I actually, like personally, like if you said, hey, DB, you know, what do you think about the wide receiver room? I'd say, you know, JC, I, I, I think – their potential is really, really high. Yeah. Like, I like the talent. Um, I really like the depth. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm high on um, Demetrius Bell. You know, I love Lloyd. Like, those guys are legit. I think they're as good as – they have the potential to be as good as almost almost anybody that they, they saw last year by the time their career is done. But if you said, you know, would you like a, a veteran? Mm -hmm. a, a veteran number one? Sure, I, I would take a veteran – number one right receiver they haven't had one uh in a while and i think uh, you know even trey palmer kind of morphed into one you know because the funny the revisionist history will tell you man tp was pegged from day one but he had his fair share of skeptics right he'd never been a legit number one yeah. hadn't even been a two um and turned into a number one and you know teray took a little bit of time and so you're looking for somebody like that to have impact you know, they don't have to be a Sunday guy, but to have the impact of like a Samari Touré or uh, a, a Trey Palmer would be fantastic. So, you know, I think you were on last, right after signing day, right? Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of just the transfer portal and the, as crazy as it is, and every other place but here, and, and we've seen a couple other guys that have announced they're coming back, what do you make of that, that, you know, as much as there's a mass exit, it seems like everybody, everywhere else, all the key guys, especially here, a lot of those guys that played a lot of 
big roles are back or coming back. Yeah, it actually warms my heart. You know, I'm I'm a big fan. I, I just I'm a big fan of um, kind of the family atmosphere and making this a tough place to want to leave, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think that's the undersold portion of the discussion. You you make it so it's hard to leave. It's such a good place. I, you know, I'm part of a stretch where so many guys that weren't from here ended up staying here, living here, working here. And I think a lot of it has to do with how the, the campus and the university made the guys feel. And I think that's what they're after. When you look at kind of the, the last finishing touches that Coach Rule and the new staff got to put on in the facility and kind of put their fingerprints on it, what, what Trev Alberts has tried to do with his administrative team and, and the athletic department and the way it looks and the way it operates. Like, it's all about family. You, you don't get mm -hmm. guys like Ty Robb. You just don't get those guys yeah. to say, hey, you know what? I'd like to stick around and do more. We have more left. And let's not make it seem like he doesn't have options or they don't have options. They do. It's just a very, very tough place to leave because I think it, it's hard to get adults that you know care about you that have your best interests at heart. So they signed, obviously, a, a great recruiting class, and then with the guys that are coming back, the numbers and getting to that, yeah. how, where you're supposed to be there, how does that look for Coach Rule, and how is he going to go about that? Well, I think they're going to continue to to kind of shuffle and maneuver it. In, in this day and age of of NIL scholarships and things like yeah. that, we may never know, like, the true numbers, scholarship, non-scholarship. You know, they could get a little dicey there in terms of, how they do the math, but I, I, I think it'll sort itself out. I really do. I think as winter conditioning uh, picks up here in the next couple of weeks, spring ball, we'll ha we're already fast-forwarding to like April, and that's sad. But um, guys will figure out what their role is, whether they have a future here. I, I truly believe that the numbers will, will sort themselves out. I'm not one of those guys that that that, that, that worry too much, but – you know, you were talking about the, the transfer portal earlier with guys like, like um, Dowdell coming in from Oregon. Like, he's, he understands math, right? I mean, we understand math. We look at that running back room. It looks like it may be a little bit thin. I'm kind of an established guy. Like, so there's, there's specific places where I think you can, can insert a guy. But overall, I, th I think Coach Rule and his staff have been who they said they wanted to be. They want to develop 90% of the in-house and, and, and see what happens left. But then... You look at the roster, and they've got like 80-some new additions in 13 months, and it's like, whoa. Well, um, I want to talk about more than just football with you, and uh, we got to start with wrestling. You're a wrestling guy, big fan of Mark Manning and this wrestling program. 100%. The big news that has unfolded throughout this week, though, is that um, where you very well could see the polar bear, Nash Hopmaker, wrestling at heavyweight for uh, this top 10 program tomorrow inside the Devaney. Uh, how exciting is that for you to see the polar bear kind of getting back out there in the slinglet? Uh, exciting enough for me to get back on the interstate <laughs> <laughs> in about 17 hours, but uh, I'm pumped. So here's the, you know, the, the cool story is when he first decided just how supportive the coaches were, mm -hmm. you know, Tony White being on board. And I remember vividly, he had just, this is after the whole, was, you know, the new contract and the USC scuttlebutt and all that other stuff that was going on. He was at Westside the very next day. And we talked that morning before everybody else got going, and I just kind of asked him how he'd been outside of the, 
the the rumor mill and the job thing and it just gave him a chance to talk about the guys coming back and he said you know he said you know what i'm most excited about and i guessed everything but what his answer was he was said he was the most excited to go with coach knight and, and support nash who they gave their blessing to go wrestle and i said oh i said no that's that's cool like you want to support your guys and he said no I want to see him make weight. <laughs> we we just want to see him get to. And at that point, he said he was weighing in at like the two thirties. He, the target was two ninety. We see him three thirties, right? Not yeah, three thirties. I'm 330s, sorry. Three thirties, yeah. And I saw him listed yesterday at in the in the two hundred eighty five pound, like where you have to be for heavyweights. That was the most exciting thing for Coach White. And I thought, I'm like, now that's a guy that really enjoys young people because 285 is probably too small to to play for him it's 50 some odd pounds different than how he was walking around the day he told me but just his level of excitement to see nash meet a new challenge and all the guys rally to support and you'll go to the devaney tomorrow and you'll see uh you'll see I don't know, I'm going to guess 80%, 90% of that D-line, the football team, <laughs> yeah. they just want to see Nash at that weight function. It's pretty exciting. Well, and, you know, even dating back to last year, Coach Roll, this staff, they were big supporters of this wrestling program anyways. You know, they were... they were. Yeah, uh, they invited Coach Manning, my guy, Yeah, right? so there, there's a cool relationship there anyways, but mm -hmm. now to, to share a guy, and that was Nash's first love. He was a dominant. He didn't get beat, and... and you know, he could have been a, probably a four-time All-American had he chosen that. But I, I talked to him this season on the Cornhusker conversation, and he said, I just felt like I had more of a ceiling, like a, a, I guess, ceiling of, of what I could do with football. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I was telling you the story when I had Bridge Lovett in here, and he was saying, yeah, we got a football player that's in the wrestling room. And he, it, just, it, it just happened that week. Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah, he's a heavyweight. And I said, Nash? And then he said, yeah, boy, when he got out there the first time for 10 seconds, he was pretty unbeatable. But that conditioning is going to be uh, what to, what to kind of watch for, for this. But I just, I just think it's such a neat storyline. And for him to get to go back to that and, and get to experience that and, and what his first love is and maybe do both. And, and all these guys that I've talked to that have done both have said how big of a role that wrestling played in them becoming the football players that they became. I need to be picking your brain. Like, how cool is it that you get... Like, you know I love wrestling, and that kind of happened by accident, right? Like, we were just were talking one day, and we were going to do something for Sports Night Lane. You had, like, these interviews that you were doing. I was like, you like wrestling? And, you, and we, so we got to talking about wrestling. You get all these cool stories, guys that have, that have done, um, you know, religious experiences. They've, they've visited other parts of the, the world. They come back here and wrestle. You're, you're, like, all in. You get a chance to talk to guys like Ridge Levitt. Like, this team is – this is a really, really, really good team. Now, do they need some help at heavyweight? Sure. But, like, top to bottom, the way that they've recruited, you, you get to be, like, neck deep in wrestling. That's got to be pretty fantastic. They're great people, and they're, it's a great team, like, just – Like, they're cool. Wrestlers. Like, like, and you get, like, good stories. Yeah, and Coach Manning has been excited just about what this team could do, but they are. It's, it's a fun group to be around. It's a fun group to get to know. But going back – okay, let's, let's circle back then to Nash – if he had to be at a certain weight, what, 285, right, to yeah. wrestle heavyweight, ideally what weight should he be playing football at? It would be his best weight for, to play football. That's an amazing question. It really is. And um, it's the first time, you know, when you ask me off air, I'm like, 
I don't know. Like, we should probably talk about that. And I didn't know if you were going to come back to it. it. But it is an amazing question because for a couple of years, take Nash out of it, I felt like Nebraska, so probably 20 and 21, so 19, 20, 21, even including the COVID year, I felt like Nebraska up front was a little heavy, right? Like, I, I did some numbers. I think this is 2022. I kind of crunched the average starting O-line, D-lines in the Big Ten. And Nebraska, per side of the ball, was about nine pounds heavier. And I think it was a little more defensively, maybe 12 or 13 pounds heavier than the average starting D-lines in the conference. But I kind of understood where those numbers came from, JC, because, you know, Nebraska wanted to be a little bit more stout. And I think... The previous staff was a little traumatized about not having Big Ten-type bodies, and they wanted to get bigger. And then I think there was a point where they kind of got too big. So then when we saw these guys last year, um, the Jamari Butlers and, and uh, Blaze Gunnerson and Nash Hutmaker, remember when we saw Nash? We're like, is he the same person? Like Ty Robinson, just these smaller, leaner versions Nash should that answer for the poundage should be easy, but he was so big, but he was so good. Yeah, we would we would talk during the broadcast, right? You're always in O line D line huddles, and I'm like, his ability to like play at 45 degree angles now. He's he's a lot twitchier. He's he's quick. He can play at angles, and he was still a big guy. So, is it is it 315? Is it is it 310? He was awfully good at 330 which doesn't even sound right. So I don't know, but like, a, he can be too small. So, so I do know that. There's, you have to play a specific kind of defense to be, I've never seen really anybody flourish as like a 285 pounder along the D-line mm-hmm. outside of like Jason Peter. He, Jason Peter was the greatest small defensive lineman I have ever seen. Mm. I don't know. I mean, the numbers will get a little crazy in terms of revision. I don't know if he legitimately was ever bigger than 285. Hmm. And he could take on doubles, but, you know, we gapped guys out. So we, he, he could hit it and split it and play behind the line of scrimmage. Nash has got to hold up, kind of occupy. So you want, some, you want some size there. But he was so magnificent, big. Could he be even better, a little smaller? Probably. But I, I would trust Coach Knighton and 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 uh, Coach Corey Campbell in the in in the in the weight room. Like those guys, they're so good with body types. But that is an amazing question. I'm gonna hang on to that for until that season starts, because if Nash was as good as he was at 335, arguably the most improved on the O line D line, maybe on the team, right? Yeah be curious to see if do they mess with success or do they get even better that that i'm gonna guess 315 and it won't be a problem though for him to go from 385 to 315 right no. yeah that won't be that won't be it, it, unrealistic for him to put that back on it's funny you say that smarty you know coach white said you know the first 20 25 pounds will be no problem yeah it will be Beyond what that, comes yeah. after that that will be tough so i i think i think you're spot on all right, let's talk um, hoops and men's basketball coming off the big win 
over Indiana. What has been your take? Uh, how much fun has it been to watch this Fred Hoiberg team this season? Well, fantastic. Uh, I, I just saw um, Coach Hoiberg and, and Coach Nate. They were in Omaha. They were up at the Metro Holiday Tournaments uh, in attendance and, and got a chance to see them. And I th they're a really, really good example. Them and Coach Bolt. Um, going from one year to another about what chemistry really means yeah. to a team. Mm -hmm. We kind of undersell it, and then when we talk about it, we, we kind of give it the eye roll. Like, it, But it, it, it's, it's vital. Huge. Yeah. Huge, The teams right? that go on to win have the best chemistry and, in and every yet, sport. And yet we, like, kind of poo-poo it. Like, yeah. oh, here they go again talking about chemistry. And you're like, that's real. Mm -hmm. This team is actually a team. I think they enjoy playing with each other. Uh, I think the coaching staff feels, and this is, again, we got, I want to stay in the moment. This is not to say that compared to another year it was not this. I'm staying in the moment with this team. This team was put together in such a way where you've got a lot of unselfish guys who kind of, who know their role. Yeah. Um, and some of these guys, you know, rink mass where the, the portal for Coach Hoiberg, what he did with Mass, served a specific purpose. Not only did he get a highly skilled, polished guy, he got a guy that was going to fit yeah. with what he was trying to do in the locker room as well. You look at Ed at, at Miller, like just the, the parts of the guys that they have, it's kind of freed Casey up to, I mean, if he's got a bad night or he's not shooting it well, you know, he's got all, he got off to a, a slow start, right? He, he wasn't the Tomonaga that we were used to seeing in Nebraska, didn't really skip a beat. So they, they have been exciting to watch. Now, the one thing I do worry about is, man, they have played in the friendly confines <laughs> an awful lot. Um, I think three, two or three true road games. It's and about 11, to start. Three, 11, three 11 out of the four. first 14, right? Well, three of their next four games are now, on the road. Now they're going to hit the road, and, and so we'll see as they kind of get um, their metal tested, starting with kind of a tough place to play in, in, in Madison. Um, uh, you know, Wisconsin's a team I can't really figure out. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, we'll see. It's, it's never been an easy place to play. So I think we'll learn a lot more about the men's basketball team. But they handled their business for the most part in the non-con. You know, they laid the egg against um, Creighton. But, uh, you know, I, I think they balanced that out by getting the win against Michigan State, which I think surprised some people. I'm still trying to figure out who Michigan State is. It's probably not a team that I want to play in the, you know, after Valentine's Day. Right. But they took care of business when they had to. So and I, that's college sports, right? Win the games. I'm you, not even going to say that you should, right? But you got to get that one. And get the teams when they're not playing as good. Right. Take care of business. Capitalize is, yes. I think, the word that I'm looking for. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching uh, men's basketball. I was talking to one of the, the members of the staff, and I asked him outside of Purdue, which team in the Big Ten scares you the most? And he did say Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, so they are, I mean, that, that's a, and that's a tough place to play. So here we go. Uh, what The fans show up. The, the, the fans show up and, um, you know, Chucky Hepburn is fantastic and they've got, they've got a good nucleus. Their front court is athletic. It's a good matchup for a, a team like Nebraska that can switch a lot of things um, out front. They've got a, a, an athletic front line as well. So it's going to be a good matchup for Nebraska. 
Okay, now let's talk some women's hoops because I did want to get uh, your take on this. So we're, we're packing PBA, right? It's it's the um, they want to pack PBA for Jordan Hooper. They're going to raise her jersey to the rafters and then honor that team that she's a part of that won the Big Ten tournament title. But it's also a big matchup with Indiana, and Indiana is yeah. you know one of the best teams in the league. But you know it's funny because we go back to this game a year ago. And it was, you know, they wanted to sell out PBA, and it was against Iowa. And so all those Iowa fans were like, oh, well, you did it because it was Caitlin, Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark, yeah. So now here's an opportunity mm-hmm. that everybody's saying it's the Caitlin Clark effect. and that, But it kind of, like, irks me a little bit. Like, I respect the heck out of Caitlin Clark and what she's done for the game and how many eyeballs she's brought. But for those people outside of here, don't act like this fan base doesn't support the women's programs, whether Caitlin Clark is here or not. 1,000. Right? That, is, that is beautifully said. Yeah. Right. Two things can be true at once, right? Caitlin Clark is a phenom. She's going to get eyeballs. She, she's, she's the best that the game has to offer. But let's not discredit what Nebraska's fan base has done with this women's program, too. And, and I would venture to say, I don't know what um, your expectations were. Um, Courtney and I talked early about what we thought of this team. I actually think they're probably a little better than I thought. Yeah. Um, when the season started, if, I, if I'm being well, completely honest. I think the, the loss of Allison Widener, I think, had us all a little bit. Right? Like, like we were kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the youngins have have really stepped up. And Jazz Shelley, uh, she was in Omaha the other night, too, at the Metro Holiday Tournaments. But she's one of those, like, I don't know if you're a comic books fan, but they're, they're like these reluctant superheroes like Daredevil and kind of these guys that are in these roles. And it's like, it's not really what they want to be. They just kind of are. That's kind of how I look at Jazz Shelley, like the reluctant superstar. She's highly rated. People forget how highly rated. She's four. Some had her as a five-star coming out of high school. Extremely talented, highly touted. But she's so unselfish. Yeah. Right? She She, she makes plays for her, for her teammates and... Sometimes people don't feel like she shoots enough. And, but when, she, when you watch her play, you're like, she is really, really good. She, so she kind of reminds me of like this reluctant superstar. And when you, your best player is kind of a microcosm of your coach, that's kind of cool because I think that's a lot how Coach Williams is. She's quietly, she's extremely competitive. She is, she's big fundamental. She just wants to, to lace them up and see where we're at. They got the big win against Maryland. I think that's the first one they've gotten over Maryland here. Here at home. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's like, but that's who Coach Williams is. But when you listen to her, you don't always kind of get that because she's so nice. Right. Yeah. She's extremely good-natured. Yeah, a little bit like Coach Hoiberg. They're kind of the same where they're so kind and friendly, but But do not mistake that for... Yeah, we being a killer right? competitor. Uber competitive, yeah. right? It's used by a neighbor for three years. She is ultra competitive. And so I kind of like, I like their chemistry too. And, and, and this is a big one. And the fans are going to come out and support that. That's the beautiful thing about Nebraska fans, right? It's like you ask them, you, you say, hey, we need you. And they, they show up. That, that, that's the cool thing about the state of Nebraska. Fun fact for you guys, if you didn't know, Amy Williams is one of your favorites, favorite coaches, right, here on campus? 100%. Yeah. Okay. 100%. So Huskers.com slash tickets. We're going to be talking about it a lot, but uh, get those tickets and pack PBA. Indiana is a great team. They're fun to watch. It should be a great matchup. I think it'll be a, a really great matchup between these yeah. two teams and, and should be hopefully a lot of scoring, too. Uh, all right, last thing I got for you. Uh, what do we t- got? What do we got? Well, we're, what would you think I was going to ask you about? 
Uh, are we going back to football? National championship game. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, break down the matchup for us. Who you got? Uh, what do you like about the matchup? You oh, like the boy. two teams that are in it. I do. Yeah. I do. I also love the. I love it for the Big Ten too because. Yeah. It's a preview of 2024, right? right? We got mm -hmm. both Washington and then the mainstay of Michigan. So I think, like on the surface, uh, Washington's a much better team than I think they've been given credit for nationally. People knock them because they play close games and they win a lot of one-score games. But uh, I'm the worst person to, to kind of buy into that narrative because my 1994 team was a lot the same way. A lot of ugly wins. You know, we trailed at the half against Wyoming, and it wasn't always aesthetically – pleasing but there's something to being battle tested right they've got a quarterback with a ton of starts and Penix jr he's had some highs and had some lows so he hasn't always been the golden boy which i like mm -hmm. right i think sometimes you have to come out of the back end of something before i can trust any if if it's always been rainbows and butterflies eh, it's a tough team now there are a couple things that bug me about washington you know 54th in, in scoring defense and 97th in total defense you know, if they were winning a national championship, that would by far and away be the lowest of any team, I believe, that's won in those two statistical categories. I think LSU is the only other one since the playoff age, and they were 31 and 33, respectively. It's not a problem if you can outscore people, though. So here's the, so here's the thing. If, if Michigan has been, you know this, I've said that I, I thought that they were the best team in the Big Ten mm -hmm. all year. I thought they were one of the top two best teams in the country. I thought them and Georgia were the two best teams in the country all year. Um, so for, for Washington, Michigan plays to your strengths in one regard. They play in a way where they're probably not going to blow you out. They run the football. They're very methodical. They kind of take their shot plays. That plays into Washington's strengths because they like one-score games. Now, where it's not good for Washington versus Michigan is their ability to run the football over time. Washington's going to have to hang in there and make some plays. Now, I think it's going to be a close game. It, it, it will be – I don't think it's going to be very high scoring either. Um, I, I could see the winning score being around 28. So I, mean, I guess maybe that's high scoring. I always think college high scoring here in the 30s. Yeah. I don't know if anybody gets to the 30s, but – Michigan's going to have to play a little bit different defensively. I don't think they'll be able to bring those pressure packages and get after the own line like they did Bama, right? They whipped Bama up front mm -hmm. with their D-line, but we talk, like, that's Michigan's strength. They play seven guys, and they're super deep. And, um, but I think they'll have to be careful with those blitz packages because Washington is probably the only team in the country that boasts three number one wide receivers. Um, Penix Jr. Is, is, is as good a talent as there is in the country. And that includes Caleb Williams and, 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 and May, in my opinion. Um, but I just don't know if they can hang in there in the long haul. Um, it's going to be, I think it's a three-point game either way. Hmm. Um, I really do. So who you got? I'm going to take Washington in an upset. Wow. I, I am. I'm going to take Washington. I think battle tests, I do worry about them defensively. I do. But the good thing, the, the thing that offsets that is Michigan plays it close to the vest. So I'm hoping that's the counterbalance to Washington being a little soft, 
not soft because I do think they're physical, vulnerable defensively, and I worry about Washington's depth at running back. Are they going to be healthy? That, that's, that's the thing. But I'm going to take Washington in an upset. Um, spoiler alert, Greg and I both picked Washington too. So No way. Yeah, Let's we go. We did. All for um, one, one for all. But, yeah, it should be fun, and hopefully a good game is all we're asking for. Well, appreciate your time, uh, Damon Benning. And, again, you'll be back here in a couple weeks joining us uh, for the full two hours yep. to help me out when uh, Greg is out. So, again, Damon Benning here with us on the Huskers Radio Network. Woodhouse Auto Family is your trusted auto partner with 20 brands and 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com.